God will take your breath away if you let him. Take your breath away with his holy presence. Glory to God. You know, a lot of times in a preacher's life, he feels alone. A lot of times. It's just the way it is. I stumbled across that scripture many years ago. Elijah himself felt all alone. And God was quick to tell him, man, there's 7,000 yet. 7,000. And as far as I'm concerned and my times of feeling alone, God has given me the opportunity to cross paths with one of those 7,000. Pastor Darren Powell is here to minister in the Word of God. And uh, I've heard him speak once and even before that when he introduced himself for about two or three minutes the night before, I felt the Spirit of God quicken inside of me. And so, Darren, we want you to come and deliver the Word of God to us, please. Make Darren feel welcome at New Hope, please. Good morning. It's an honor to be here. How about honoring the worship team? Didn't they do a tremendous job this morning leading us in worship? Incredible. Incredible. Awesome. Awesome. Now, would you please honor your man and woman of God, Pastor Joe and First Lady Ruth, with me? Aren't they wonderful? Wonderful. Thank God for them. I thank the Lord for them. Praise the Lord. You're blessed. How many of you know, you may be seated, how many of you know in Zanesville, Ohio, you are blessed to have a man and woman of God as these two? Amen? You you truly are. You truly are blessed. I would, before I, I start uh, speaking this morning, I would like to honor my wife and daughter. Uh, this is my wife, Tam. If you'd please stand up and let them see your lovely face. Turn around and let them see him. This is my wife, Tammy. Our daughter. Our daughter, Haley. Haley, stand up, sweetie. That's my beautiful daughter. Uh, we have we have two sons. One is 21 uh, that is in the ministry down in St. Albans, West Virginia as an intern. And uh, we have another son that's 17. He'll be 19 in December. Uh, he's too... Oh, he's, I'm sorry. I'm dyslexic. No joke, I am. Now how, how bad do you feel for laughing at me? No, 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 no. I am dyslexic, but he'll be 18 in December. Sometimes things change in my mind. I, I've reached that age. I've, I've, I've reached that age where... Certain things, I'll be speaking it all at once, it just, you know, the Lord shifts gears real fast, and sometimes I hit neutral. And you'll get there. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. I want to speak to you this morning about positioning. I prayed and prayed about, God, what word is it that you want uh, to be spoken at New Hope this morning? And and I want you to understand, you you cannot look on the landscape of the situation you're in and determine what God's going to do just by looking at a single landscape. You have to understand many times God bursts great moves of God out of times of adversity, out of storms, out of difficult times, hard times, uncertain times. Times and it seems like that you're, you're in a season of lack. Uh, what I want you to understand, do I have any football fans in the house? Any football, would, would, would you please just, I, I need your help. I'm from West Virginia, so you know, and I need your all's help. Maybe I should have told you where I was from, but I need your help. But, but you know, I, I, I played football in high school and I didn't go on to the next level, but I love to watch college football. There's just something about college football that you can't get in the pros or, or anywhere else. It's just kind of smash mouth football, you know, it's just like you, you leave it all on the field. And, but what I've come to understand, when you're playing in the football game on the field, your vision is actually limited as to what you can see. 
And I want you to understand that the quarterback on the offense has a better position to see than what those on the front line do. And then those on defense, the, the strong safeties, they are the quarterback of the defense. They have a greater view as to what's going on in the football field than what the, the front line on the defense does. But then there's the coach who's on the sideline and he has even a better view as to what's going on than anybody on the field. Amen. But there's one that has a greater view than the head coach that's on the sideline. It's the one up in the press box and Praise God, we have a Holy Spirit up in a press box that can look down at our situation and determine what's going on. Even though we can't see it, even though at times we may not fix it, even at times Pastor Joe we may feel lonely, the Holy Spirit knows what's going on. And according to Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Is there anybody that loves God at New Hope Church this morning? Give me praise and glory in the house. Positioning means to put in proper position. Position is an act of placing or arranging. And arranging in order. About the time you think that God has finished arranging, He begins to rearrange. Is there any women in the house that likes to rearrange the furniture? Any men, amen that right there. You're walking through the house. It's been the same way for five years. You walk through the house and all at once you trip because your wife re... Maybe I'll just stay behind the pulpit. There is a position for everyone in the kingdom. Everyone. I didn't say a title. I said a position. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. There is a position for you in the kingdom. And I believe in Acts chapters 1 and chapter 2, the Lord was positioning His church... So that he could pour out his Holy Spirit. So he could give them the promise that he promised them. Because, and, and many of you will say, well, why, why was there a need for the Holy Spirit? Why was there a need for the promise? Because there was a greater degree of ministry that God wanted to do on earth, but he couldn't do it without the promise being sent. And you have to understand, for us to step into the area that God wants us to, for us to be positioned where God wants us, we need the promise of the Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered to move into the position that God wants us to be in. Amen? So we have to understand that God is forever changing and rearranging in our lives. And I believe that now again, I believe the Lord is looking for a place and a people to pour out His Spirit because there is yet another degree of ministry that God wants to take place in Zanesville, Ohio. And I don't know about you, but I can't think of any other place than New Hope Full Gospel Church for God to pour out His Spirit so a greater degree of ministry can be done. But my question is, are you ready? Are you in position? Or are you just playing the field? See, I, I, I didn't come to play patty cake this morning. I come to preach the Word of God, and sometimes the Word of God is hard. Are you in position? Or are you just playing the field? It's time to get into position. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, I'm going to ask a question after I read verse 2, so get ready to respond. In chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When... The day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all together in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came from from heaven a sound of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. What had to happen before God would release His promise? All together, all in one accord, in one place, right? That's only part of it. We have to go back to Acts chapter 1 to get the fullness of everything that had to take place before God would release His promise. 
Before God would release His promise, His Holy Spirit, you see, there were some things that had to take place. But what I want to address first of all, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it said, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, gives us the indication that God was waiting on something or somebody. Oh, it's quiet. This is what I've come to find out about church folk. Is that you can look at them and say, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just waiting on the Lord. That's a cop out. You're not waiting on God. What I've come to find out when we say we're waiting on God, we're using that as a cop out so that we don't have to change. So that we don't have to get into a position. I'm waiting on God. Really what I'm doing, I'm just, I just want to stay the same. But verse one of Acts chapter two gives us the indication that God was waiting for his church to get in position for outpour. And I believe now again, God is waiting for his church to get in position so God can pour out what he's been holding back. I believe there's a greater degree that God wants to release than what we're stepping into right now. And what I want you to understand, there's not a whole lot of us that like change, but take a look in the mirror. Maybe I better not go there. Let's let's talk about a back. Has anybody ever had their back out of whack? I've had two back surgeries. I'm 42 years old. I've had two back surgeries. And there's been times that I've had to walk with a limp because my back was out of place. Let me tell you something about the church. That is God's back. And I believe that the church is walking with a limp because there's a lot of things that's been out of place. And it's time for us to get back in position so God can come forth like He desires. Amen? The first thing that has to take place was that there has to be an attitude of expectancy. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and it reads, And being assembled together with them, meaning Jesus was with the apostles, and said, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What Jesus was telling them, there is something that I want to send. It isn't if it happens. It's when it happens. And what we have to get on in our spirit is, God didn't say if, He said when. And the when is determined by when we get in position. There has to be an expectancy in the kingdom. There ha- has anybody ever been pregnant in the house? I tell you, I don't know about you, but I believe New Hope Church is pregnant with a great move of the Spirit and the water is just about to break. I believe that God is beginning to move, but there has to be an anticipation. There has to be an expectancy in the house. If you want to see expectancy, Christmas is just a month, two months away. Look at a child the night before Christmas. Huh? Come on now, now I know. Don't be bad mouthing Santa Claus. There's a whole lot worse things that a child could be excited about, about a fat red man in a suit. Amen? Spreading joy through. You look at a child, you look at a child the night before Christmas. You can walk in front of the Christmas tree and they'll never see you. They're looking at the tree, waiting for poof. There it is. And the next morning, they don't brush their teeth. They're lucky to even put their PJ bottoms on, running through the house. Santa Claus is here! Santa Claus is here! Church, I want to tell you, the Holy Ghost is just about to deliver! But there has to be an expectancy. There has to be an expectancy in the house. My son, my son is just about to get his license. He he, he wasn't uh any hurry to get him. He's about to turn 18 years old. Then he's going to get his license. He's a dad. When I get my license, you're going to give me a car, right? He's That's what I said. Yeah, right. But there's an expectancy. 
If you want to see, they expect to see you, Father, stand in front of your children and say, I have a great gift to give you. But when you're in position, then I'll give it to you. And you will look at that child and he will say, what position do I need to be in that? What do I need to do? Church, look at your father and say, Daddy, what is it that I need to do? What is it on the inside of me that needs to change? What is it that you need to cut me open from my belly to my throat and take out of me because I'm not in position? God, I am expecting. I want to be where you want me to be. I want to be who you want me to be, but it'll never happen without expecting. The next thing is you got to wait. Well, glory, you have to wait. Wait in expectancy. Listen. A believer cannot sit with a wandering, preoccupied mind and be filled with the Spirit. The church in general has gotten preoccupied and our minds has begun to wonder on everything except the one we need focused on. We have to wait with expectancy because the Word of God says, it said right there in Acts, in Acts chapter 1, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says, but wait. For the promise of the Father. He also said a few words before that. Don't depart from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the blessed place. Look at your neighbor. Don't look at me. Look at your neighbor. I said, don't you leave. I said, look at your neighbor. Don't look at me. Tell them, bloom where, where you're planted. Tell your neighbor, get in position. I remember, I remember when my children were young, I coached T-ball. And I, I realized, I realized one thing real quick when you're dealing with these four and five and six year old kids, they have an attention span about that long. But man, they, they love to pick flowers and, 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 and try to catch butterflies and, and, and play with dandelions and pick up the dandelions and blow them. And, and they're standing out there with the glove, the baseball glove on top of their head, walking around. The, the batter's up here and they're talking to somebody out now. They don't care. They're just happy to be on the field. And I remember the only thing I could tell them is keep your eye on the ball. It was just like a recording. You could hit it by keep your eye on the ball. That's all everything coach ever says. Keep your eye on the ball because you never know when the ball is going to be hit to you. Keep your eye on the ball. Stay focused on the ball. Let me tell you something new, Hope. Keep your eye on the ball because you don't know when God is going to hit something to you. And when he does, you better be ready to get in the game. You have to be expecting. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Get in the Word of God and get on your knees and cry out to Him like never before because you never know when God is going to trust you with something in the kingdom. Give God praise and glory in the house. The second thing we have to do to get in position is we have to be willing to witness. You mean pass out those Bible tracts? No! Live Jesus in front of them! Be willing to witness! The Word of God says, and, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not preaching against tracts, but tracts will only, should I God or no? The other, other day, the other day, my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, a couple weeks ago was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was in the hospital, had a surgery. I went into the restroom, and Pastor Joe, on the urinal, I see a track. That's all well and good, but that track is only going to see so many people. You understand? I'm not trying to be vulgar, just stay with me. But if you are living Jesus Christ, how many people are going to see you in a day's time? When you hold a door open for a lady and let her walk through, people's going to start to take notice. When you look at somebody and say, God bless you, sir or man. When they hear that word blessed, they know it's associated with Jesus Christ because He is the blessed Lamb of God. 
When you stay at a hotel, there's little envelopes now where you can put something on the inside for the one cleaning. Put put something on the inside of it and make sure it's more than just a single one dollar bill and put on the outside. God bless you and may his face continually shine upon you. Live Jesus in front of people. That's the greatest witness that we'll ever have. The word of God said, said there in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he was talking about sending the promise, but he said there was a reason why I'm going to send the promise. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Let me tell you something. Why do we need the promise? Oh, Jesus, help me. Why do we need the gift of the Holy Spirit to equip us to fight the kingdom of darkness and to go after the lost? Many of us, many of us, we want the gift of the Holy Spirit so we can be on display. I will. Thank you. We want we want the gift of the Holy Spirit so we can be on display up there speaking in tongues, praying over people. When Jesus Christ said, Zanesville is lost, go and die into hell. Are you going to do anything about it or stand on a platform? Wow. What are we going to do with what God has given to us? Yes, we fight the kingdom of darkness. We need to fight the kingdom of darkness. But there is a lost and dying world out there. And the greatest thing we can do is go. Jesus put a high price on the lost. After all, he did die for us. Can I tell you, Jesus didn't die for the church. Who did he die for? It's an honor. Church, it is an honor to be in here. It is an honor to, 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 to be a part of a, a church service where great worship and great men and women of God are in there. It is an honor. But it isn't enough to keep it in church. we got to take it out there. Because Jesus said, that's my lost sheep. Go after my lost sheep. He, he said to Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? He said, three times, do you love me? People complain because we're singing a worship song and we, and we repeat it four or five times. Well, I don't know why you have to repeat that thing four or five because we don't get it the first three times. Now, I know that doesn't happen to New Hope, but it happens where I'm from. People all the time say, I don't know why we had that thing. Was that, 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 that screen's been up there for the past ten minutes singing the same thing over and over and over. Well, if you get it the first time, we wouldn't have to sing it ten times. Now, don't you call my church and tell them I just said that. No, I don't care. Go ahead and call them. I'm good with it. I don't mind. But God has given us the promise to equip us to go out into the world. Let me. How many of you remember what it was like to be lost? How many of you remember what it was like to have no hope? How many of you remember re- remember what it was like if you died right now, you'd split hell wide open? I don't. I don't know. I don't know where you are, but let me tell you, this this boy wasn't born behind no pulpit. But I tell you, I've had several guns pulled on me. I've been in motorcycle wrecks, car wrecks. Boy, my daughters just listened to all this. I've been in places I should have never been in, and I know if I died right then, I would have split hell wide open. But praise the name of Jesus, one day I found the Lord. He saved my wretched soul. He cleaned me up. He forgave me of my sin. Set me on a firm foundation. Oh, praise it. Does anybody remember what it was like to be lost? And do we care enough to go after the lost? Do we care enough to pray for the lost? Do we care enough to live Jesus Christ in front of them? People out there need Jesus. Go get them. Bring them to the Lord. Give God praise and glory in the house. The third one's going to hurt. The third thing we need to do before God will release the Holy Spirit without poor is to be at your post. Get in position. Operate in your calling. See, we read Acts 2, verses 1 and 2. And we say there was two things had to take place before God would out, would send a, a spiritual outpour. We've got to be in unity and we've got to be in one place. But there was other things. He said, you'd be expecting. He said, you'd be willing to witness. 
But you see, God couldn't release the Holy Spirit, Pastor Joe, because there was an empty position. There were only 11 apostles when God said there had to be 12. New Hope, get in position. Serve God. Greet people at the door. Love on people when they come in. Pray for people. Some of you have gifts and callings on the inside of you that you're ignoring. You have gifts and callings on the inside of you that you're intimidated to step up to the plate because you're afraid you might look like a fool. It is not your reputation that is at stake. It's God's reputation. Who are you going to trust yourself or God? I don't know what God's doing in me, but I tell you what, I just feel free this morning. I believe, I believe that there are guitar players, there's drummers, there, there, there's soloists, there, there's people in the choir, there's pe- multimedia people sitting all across this congregation that God is just waiting for you to step up to the plate and get in position. Pastor Joe, I believe there's an entire different level, brother, that you're about to step into that's been weighing in the balance for some time. But God's just been positioning and repositioning and arranging and rearranging. And the Spirit, the outpour of God is about to come forth. Are you going to get in position or are you going to hold it back? Oh, we tell you, those of you who's sitting there twilling your thumbs now, you just told on yourself. There is a great, there is a great call of God upon you. Don't ignore it. Don't sidestep it. Stop putting it off and step into it. There's nothing like flowing in the anointing of Almighty God. There isn't anything like, and I tell you all the time, people say, man, you did such a great job. And, and, and you know, you really, you really stepped in the middle of it when you can say, that wasn't me, that was all Him. Because if it was me, there's no way that happened. That's where I want to be. I want to be right in the middle of the anointing of God where there's no possible way it could be me. When we, we we start treading on dangerous ground, when we start playing with the anointing, we, 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 we start messing ourselves up, we have to be careful. Without the anointing, it's just a show and a program, baby. But with the anointing, it's the power of the living God. Amen. Give God glory in the house. In Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, verses 24 and 25, it says, And they prayed and said, You, O Lord, you know the hearts of all. Show which one of these two you shall choose. There was a vacancy in the apostles. And they knew because of, because of a, a, a prophecy back in Psalms. It said that there has to be somebody to take Judas's place as an apostle. So they begin to pray and say, God, you know the hearts of these men. You choose. And it took part to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go into his own place. Church, let me tell you something. There's vacancies in the kingdom and we need to get into position. There could be many reasons why there's vacancies. It can be sin because of a falling away, because someone got preoccupied, because of the little foxes that spoil the vine, because of distraction. Not being at your post can hinder a move of God. Don't let that be upon your shoulders. There's workers, leaders, worshipers, worship, worshipers in the kingdom. In a couple hours, I'm going to go home and I don't want to cause any trouble for the man of God whatsoever. I tell you, I, I sense something in worship this morning. I, I sense something and I, and I pray I don't embarrass, but I, I got to tell you, young man, I don't know who you are. Apparently a very tall young man. I don't know. I don't know who, it, who, it, who he is. That stood right here. Step in your anointing, son. You're, you're, you're a little scared and a little reluctant, and, and, and you need to be, but step into it, son, because, oh my God, because God is, God has something for you that is so uncommon and so rare, but you just gotta step in, you just gotta, 
You just got to step into your position and watch God. And I need to leave that alone and go on. I just lost my message right there. Praise God. There was a vacancy in the kingdom. But we have to fill the positions before God can release all He wants. The promise would not be sent until everyone was at their post. Get in your position and watch what God will do. The fourth thing, the fourth thing that had to take place before the Lord would release His Holy Spirit and outpour was it had, we found it in Acts 2, 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were in unity. Well, bless God. They were in unity in one accord. They weren't fighting. They weren't bickering. They weren't backbiting and cutting each other's throat and stabbing each other in the back. They were in unity. I know that's foreign in the house of God today. I'm talking about the house of God corporately across the nation. Everybody's jockeying for position. Everybody wants to be the top dog. Let me tell you something. You cannot be a great man of God behind a microphone, a pulpit, or anywhere else unless you first surrender everything in your prayer life. We must be in unity. In one accord. Before the promise would be given, they first had to be in unity. In John 17, Jesus prayed that we would be in unity. That we would be one as He and the Father are one. Church, we need to become one. Can I go deeper? Thank you very much. It's the future that's being fought. Ruth, it's the future that the devil's afraid of. Bless God. Get a hold of that. It's the future that the devil's afraid of. The devil fights to keep us separated because he knows what will happen when we all get in one accord. He fights it. You can see it. Last Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, I arrived at our church to find our office was broken into. They, they, somebody broke into our office. They stole four laptops and they carried a three foot by two foot by two foot safe out. Had three. <laughs> Bless God, had $3,000 in it because we had meetings that we all oh, know. Don't go. I'll tell you, something stirred on the inside of me when they broke in. I said, praise God. We struck a nerve in the kingdom of darkness. I mean, you got to understand. That's the way. If you're going to be a man or woman, that's the way you got to look at it. When the devil breaks in and he steals something that belongs to daddy. Oh, he's scared. He's scared. And you just struck a nerve. That's why he's retaliating the way he is. Oh, I'm telling you, fired me up. I'm, I'm, I tell you, I'm ready to fight right now. I mean, I did, did something on the inside of me. I'm like, yeah, let's get it on. Come on, just right now. Stop talking and let's duke it out. That's the way you gotta be. You can't be some pansy in the kingdom. You can't be some pansy, lip-wristed, weak-kneed individual that has no backbone. Let me tell you something. The world, the world paints a picture of a Christian as being lip-wristed, weak-kneed, no backbone pansy. That is not the picture of a soldier of a, of mighty, almighty God. Let me tell you something. You gotta duke it out. You gotta fight it out. You gotta be on your knees praying and you never back down. You never surrender. You don't quit. And you don't lay down. Every time, every time you get knocked down, and you will get knocked down, you get back up wiser, stronger, and a little more stable. Because let me tell you something. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of cowards in the kingdom. Sick and tired of people. Every time, my God, every time something's getting a little bit rough, man, I think I'm going to quit. You big baby. What do you think's at stake anyway? You think daddy's going to give you a lollipop and that's it? 
Let me tell you something. My children are at stake. My grandchildren are at stake. And I tell you what, I won't back down. I won't shut up and I won't quit. The only way I'm going to quit is when I'm on my back, been embalmed, and they put me six feet under. But even then, the Word of God said, you can't kill me because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Would somebody please give God some praise in this place? Glory to God. Is it halftime yet? <laughs> Bless God. First Corinthians. This is the attitude a Christian needs to have. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 and 20 through 27. Brother, I think I was with you last time. My voice is, I'm starting to lose it. It's your youth pastor, he come up to talk to him this morning. He was real rasp in his voice. Thinking, man, was you shouting last night? Yeah, just a little bit. Praise God, somebody's happy in the house. I can assure you he wasn't shouting over a secular event, but he was shouting over a choir of the fire with your youth. Amen. Give God glory. First Corinthians chapter 12, 25 through 27. That there should be no schism or division in the body, but the members should have same care for one another. Same care. I'll come back to that. And if one member suffer, then all the members suffer with it. Or if one is honored, they're all honored. But you are the body of Christ and members individual. Same care. Same care. Same care you give the one who's high and mighty and wealthy is the same care you give to the one that has nothing. See, we want to rub elbows with all those who have influence and money. And when it comes to the ones who may struggle and their mind may have be a little downtrodden, may not have a whole lot, well, you know what? Jesus loves them. Yeah, and so do I. Because I know where my father brought me from. You don't know. You just see this one. But you don't know what God's done in my life. But I'm thankful somebody gave me care. Just like they did some other ones. The word of God says, when someone's in trouble, you bear up underneath of them. And Pastor Joe, when you're in trouble, I don't mind. But when you get blessed, well, I don't know who he thinks he is. I don't mind suffering with you. But don't expect me to be happy for you. As long as you're going to lick my wounds when I'm down, that's fine. But when you get blessed and you get yours, don't expect me to be happy because I, I, didn't, I didn't get mine. Get that thumb out of your mouth and be a child of the king. And hey, let me tell you something. When you learn how to be blessed with someone else, that means God can bless you. But until you get that attitude as to when they're blessed, I'm blessed, God can't give you all that he has. So when someone else gets blessed, be joyful in the Lord for them, celebrate with them, praise God with them, then God can give you what he wants you to have. This is the attitude that we need to have in the kingdom. If you come against one of us, you come against all of us. This is how I feel about your pastor. If you're going to talk about him, you're going to talk about me. Because that's how I feel about your pastor. If you're going to put your mouth on him, let's get it on. Because that's the way we, that's the unity, that's the unity that they're talking about in Acts 2. The same care. We all ought to have that care. Let me tell you something. I don't even know your all's name. Yeah, I'm a hillbilly. I can say y'all. I don't even know who you are. But brother, I can tell you this about you. You're a worshiper and a praiser. You know how to get on your knees and press through. I dare anybody in the house or outside the house to put their mouth on you because if they come against you, I don't know your name, but I'm with you. And that's the way we need to be in the kingdom. I'm with you until you tell me no. Oh, I don't have time to get into submission. But I'm going to tell you something. 
God cannot breathe fully on us until we submit fully under the authority of Almighty God. And many times being under the authority of Almighty God is being under the authority of a man or woman of God. Amen. Give God praise and glory in the house right there. Wrap this up. I will assure you, I will assure you, I don't have time to go there, but in Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it said that God called Nehemiah to, to reconstruct the walls of Jerusalem. And the Word of God says is that when the gaps begin to close... That's when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ashdodites and everybody else got all upset. When you determine to walk in unity, don't be surprised when the enemy comes against you. When he sees the gaps beginning to close, let it be encouragement to you. Be like Caleb. The enemy shall be bread for us. Feed off that stuff. When you see the gaps begin to close and you be, and you see the enemy begin to rise up, that's what you needs to encourage you to press you on through that fight. It's because when that begins to happen, the enemy's going to arise, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, and we get there by walking in unity. I'm going to close with point number five. The fifth thing that needs to take place before God can fully outpour on us is we need to get in one place. Because the Word of God says there in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 2, verse verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. That one place, I believe, refers to our mind, spirit, and our physical form. Our physical form. The world, the enemy, is trying to scatter the local church. The world's trying to scatter the local church. Who's behind the world? This time together, corporate worship. Has to be guarded. Has to be guarded. It has to become a priority. I don't know what it's like here in Ohio, but in West Virginia, I can assure you that church attendance has become an optional. The priority has been stripped down. It isn't guarded anymore. We don't see it as a a time when we can come together corporately and be unified, worship God together and praise God together. The reason why being in one place is so important is because when we're in one place, in agreement, that's when great things begin to happen. One place. It has to be guarded. How many were in the upper room? 120. 120 were in the upper room. But in Acts chapter 1, verse 4, was talking about, was talking about how he made himself visible, meaning Jesus. If you reference that back to, to 1 Corinthians, I believe it is, and I don't have that scripture with me this morning. I apologize for that. But it said he was seen by some 5,000. Or I'm sorry, 500, which gives me the indication that they weren't limited to 120, but 500 could have been in that upper room. But only a few decided to go in. Are you one of the 500 or are you one of the few? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want what God has for you? You know, I, I just, I just feel a, I dare you. I dare you to press in for all that God has. For, I triple dog dare you. I, 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 I just, you know, I don't know what it is, but when we get in church service and, 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 and worship, the Holy Spirit begins to move and we get into a church service and God's just flowing. Why is it that we just reluctantly sit back? And I, I can sense His presence. I can feel His presence. I mean, He's there. I know He's there. But I'm just going to stand back and watch. I've never been much of a watcher. You know, I, there's just something about me. i got to get in the midst of this thing. I, I, don't know, I don't know what it is, but I watch some of that right there. How bad do you want it? Are you satisfied with just sitting back? My Lord. You satisfied with just a few crumbs here and there? I don't like crumbs. I want to pull up at the table. I want to pull up and sit at my daddy's table. And I want all he has for me. But to get that, you have to have a mentality. 
My church attendance has to be guarded because you see, this is where God wants to pour out. In this sanctuary of, of new hope, he wants to pour out. He wants to pour forth. And, and I, I don't know what's happened here in the past, but I, I just sit there There's a great stirring begin to take place in the kingdom. There's just something going on that I, I, when I was here in June, I didn't sense that. I mean, it was a great place to be and I was excited, but man, I tell you, I just, I sense it's like Jeremiah where the fire is shut up in his bones. In Acts chapter 2, that was the day the Lord set His church on fire. And the greatest thing that can happen to us is that the Holy Spirit would set us on fire and the world would come watch us burn. Stand to your feet this morning if you would. We have someone come up and, and, and play uh, a song or play guitar or something, please. We need to learn to get into agreement. The church corporately needs to learn how to get into agreement. See, the devil fights agreement. He can't stand agreement. But he knows what's happened. For the Word of God says, Where two or three gather together in my name, there am I in the midst. And if Jesus is there, look at Him. Amen? You're willing to agree this way. This altar needs to be the one place this morning where we gather together. Let's make this altar our gathering place this morning. If we're ready to press in for all that God has, don't sit back reluctantly. But press in. Come get what God has for you. And and when you come, it isn't based on what you feel. It isn't based on what you sense. It's about, it's based on what you believe God is doing in your life. And ten days from now, when it manifests, that's what I was in that one place in agreement with my church family for. If you want all that God has for you, why don't you step out from where you are right now and come to the one common place in this church this morning, around this altar, and say, God, I want all that you have for me. I'm going to walk in agreement with my church. I'm going to walk in agreement with my pastor. I'm going to walk in agreement with everything you have for me, God. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to back up. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to be a pansy. I'm not going to be weak-kneed. Or lip, but I'm going to press in for all that you you have for me. And when you get here, begin to cry out to Him. Begin to tell Him how great He is. Tell Him how good He is. And say, God, I want it. Pour it out on me. Boy, tell Him what you need. Tell Him your desires. Give him, give it all to Him. Don't hold back. Don't, don't quit. Don't lay down. But press in. Press in. Oh, yes. Well, Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus right now, God. Oh, cry out to Him, church. Cry out to Him in the Spirit. Oh, God, you're good. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves, God. Father, if you never do another thing for us, you've already done far greater things than what we could ever, what we could ever understand. But Father, you're gracious, you're kind, you're loving, you're long-suffering. And Father, I pray that you would just be with New Hope Church right now, God. You just begin to stir. You begin to pour out, God. That God, we'd experience you like never before. God, we'd experience your spirit. We'd experience your authority, your might like never before. Father, I pray that you would release greater degrees of anointing upon this ministry right now. Father, I pray for Pastor Joe and and Ruth right now, God, that you would gird them up, Lord God. You'd put a hedge of protection around them. God, there is a greater anointing that's about to be released on that man of God than he's ever walked in before. I sense it in the spirit realm. Oh, God, do it today. Do it today. Oh, Jesus. This morning, if you're here, this morning, if you're here, and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, I, 
I want you to come find a place around this old. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. Ask Him to cleanse your heart. And then welcome Him in your heart as Lord and Savior. Right now, right in the midst, there is no greater time or place than in the midst, in the atmosphere of praise than to accept God. Because when you're in that atmosphere, the atmosphere is already prepared for the Holy Spirit to release into you what He wants you to have. If you have a need, come. Continue to cry out to Him. Glory to God. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Surrender it all to Him. Yeah, come against the spirit of fear. Knock that thing out and take it back in by the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this church. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this man and woman of God. I plead the blood over the worship team. I pray, plead the blood of Jesus Christ over every Bible study. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over New Hope Church right now in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to your name, Father. The Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. Lord, I sense this is a church to be reckoned with in the last days. Oh God, I sense you a stirring up a church for the last day out for my Lord. Oh Jesus, I sense it. I sense it in my spirit that everything they're walking through has just been an equipping. It's just been preparation. It's been positioning. It's been arranging and rearranging for a last day out for the Holy Ghost. Glory to your name. Glory, 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 glory. Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing that shall you receive. is isn't about how you feel. It's about what you're believing your Savior for. Oh, cry out to Him. Yes, Lord. Arm in arm. Shoulder to shoulder. Not backing up, not backing down. This is the army of the Lord. We don't surrender. We don't retreat. We walk in the confidence of Almighty God. We go where He commands us to go. We step where He commands us to step. The Word of God says, Everywhere the sole of our foot shall tread shall be all. Not by our might, but by the power of the living God. Father, I thank You. I worship you, Lord.